0: This is episode number 381 with digital transformation expert, Tony Saldana. Welcome to the Super Data Science Podcast. My name is Kirill Eremenko, data science coach and lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you inspiring people and ideas to help you build your successful career in data science. Thanks for being here today, and now let's make the complex simple. Welcome back to the Super Day Science Podcast, everybody. Super pumped to have you back here on the show. Today's episode is epic. I just got off the phone with uh, Tony Saldana, off the Zoom call with Tony Saldana. And um, we spoke about digital transformation. I got to tell you, I learned so much. Regardless of your level, regardless of your intentions or career aspirations in the data science field, this podcast is going to be super valuable for you to understand digital transformation. But especially if you're a CEO, CIO, or if you're on a board of directors of a company that is about to undergo digital transformation or you are undergoing. Digital transformation right now. In this podcast, you will find out uh, the what the fourth industri- industrial revolution is and what the previous three have been. Uh, the definition of digital transformation. What COVID nineteen is doing to the world right now in terms of digital transformation. Three areas of a company or a nation state that are involved in digital transformation. Two main reason why seventy. Two main reasons why seventy percent of digital transformations fail change management, the difference between disruption and digital transformation, and the one top tip for the executives and uh, CIOs and board of director members in order to help you get through a digital transformation. I personally love this podcast, this conversation was fantastic, I learned a lot and I can't wait for you to also experience the insights that Tony was sharing today. So without further ado, I bring to you digital transformation expert Tony Saldana. Welcome back to the Super Data Science Podcast, everybody. Super pumped to have you back here on the show. And today we've got Tony Saldana calling in from Cincinnati. Tony, how are you going today?
1: Very well. Great to be on the show, Carol.
0: Fantastic. Very, very good to have you too. And I appreciate you the time. I know you're a busy man and um, first of all, congratulations on your book. That's uh, exciting. Number one on Amazon in uh, new releases in uh, ca- several categories, as I understand, um, in the Amazon's hot release, hot new release category for organizational change. Why digital transformations fail? How do you feel?
1: Well, you know, I have to say it's a very nice surprise. I, I wasn't expecting anything like that. Um, I, uh, as 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 you know uh, I, I, am I'm, I'm not an author by profession. I, I'm a practitioner having led IT and, and global business services at Procter Gamble. So, you know, this was, this was a, um, a, a little bit of a dream and you never know how it's going to work out, but, you know, fortunately there's, there's, there was obviously enough there to pique the interest of, um, people. So, so far so good. It's been nice. Very nice.
0: Very, very interesting. How was the experience writing a book? Like, I've heard from many people that writing a book is actually a very challenging thing. You don't set out thinking how challenging it's going to be.
1: Yes, um, that that is true. I, um, uh, I mean, I, I think there are some challenges that you anticipate. I mean, uh, you know, you're going to have to write, you know, so many thousand words and uh, you're prepared for that. Uh, so that I knew uh, was going to take enough time and, and it took me about a year of, you know, basically working and writing mostly on weekends to do this. Um, But there are other challenges that you don't anticipate, which is that the real real work actually starts after you finish writing the book. You know, (laughs) cleaning it up, uh, you know, getting the right references, shopping around to get a new publisher. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then even after the book is published, um, you know, all of the work that you have to do to support the book, uh, so these those were very very good experiences. Um, mm. uh, you know, I probably didn't anticipate about you know two thirds of that work, but it was all fun. It it was a good experience.
0: That's 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 good. That you went through it. Um, and the title is very um, intriguing. Why digital transformations fail? What prompted you to write that book?
1: Um so it basically came off my own experiences um, i um you know as I mentioned, I worked with uh, Procter and Gamble for about uh twenty seven years and about thirty five years in the industry uh basically running operations um, i t and global business services or shared services and 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 g b s or global business services is uh, basically the 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 back office operations that most large companies have of everything from finance and hr and it and supply chain and so on and so forth and then you know you 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 run those operations out of uh, you know offshore center or outsourced or you know that kind of stuff right so um <clears throat> but in the process i mean you know, you 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 get a lot of experience on transforming the business you know everything from uh, implementing new technology or changing the way, you know, you process orders or, you know, coming out with a platform for online selling. Or in my case, when I um, had the opportunity of uh, uh, essentially integrating uh, an entire company into Procter & Gamble in, in 2005, when PNG acquired the Gillette company, I was sent to Boston as interim CIO to bring in all of their systems and and, and, and people into Procter & Gamble. So, you know, these are transformations of significantly large uh, nature. And so what happens is, um, you know, you, you have your own experiences on, on these transformations. Some of them succeed, you know, others don't. In my case, um, uh, you know, what struck me was the parallel between project management and transformation management and other industries that are more operational in nature. I I, I have an interest in the airline industry. And so uh, I'm very familiar with the uh, pre-flight pilot checklist and, you know, some of the others. And it was like, well, wait a minute, you know, in the IT industry, digital transformation is now a $2 trillion industry. And... um, you know, uh, based on studies from IDG and others, uh, 70% of digital transformations fail in the sense that they don't meet their objectives. Um, mm. And any other industry um, would be horrified with such a statistic. The airline industry has gone from having, you know, during the early days of World War One, you know, some shaky reliability to now becoming the the byword in reliability. And so it kind of got me thinking about you know, why do we have all of these failures and what can we do to address it, which is eventually what led me to writing the book.
0: Okay, very interesting. And we'll get to the failures in a second. I want to better understand the concept of digital transformation. So the way I see it, and it's very interesting that you've had such a long career with Procter & Gamble, 27 years. That's huge respect for that, that uh uh, must have been a very interesting journey to see the company develop as as the industries develop as well. So as I imagine, digital transformation. If you could give us like an overview of what it was 20 years ago, what as I understand is probably it was probably mostly linked to mergers and acquisitions, mo- like the example you gave with Gillette. But and how has digital transformation changed now with all these technologies, exponential trends? Um, blockchain, data science, AI coming into into the space. Has has this has digital transformation as an as a notion changed over time?
1: That's a that's a fantastic question, Kirill. Um, so and, and 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 it's actually a fantastic question um, for a very simple reason. In that digital transformation means probably a thousand different things in today's <laughs> context, right? Uh, in fact, in in the in the, in the uh, journey of writing the book. Uh, I set out to talk to 100 different executives, so, you know, startup founders, consultants, industry experts, and among the other questions, one of the questions I asked was, what does digital transformation mean to you? And, and I got a variety of answers, everything from, you know, people equating that to digital technology, like digital watches, all the way through <laughs> You know, uh, Elon Musk type, you know, um, AI, uh, uh, you know, which is going to replace us—that kind of stuff. So, so uh, in in fact, um, that's one of the reasons I like your question because it has forced me to put a stake in the sand on what digital transformation is, and 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 I equate it basically to the rewiring of enterprises and people um, to succeed. In the fourth industrial revolution. Now, this particular period, we know uh, we're in the midst of an industrial revolution where digital technology is changing every other technology. It's changing, you know, physical technology. You know, IoT, drones, all that kind of stuff. It's it's changing. Uh, obviously, uh, the way business is done. It's changing biological technology. Uh, Right with the human genome and stuff like that. And then also social technology with social media. So um, and and that's what industrial revolutions do. You have one technology that changes the way people and, and businesses operate. So what I have put a stake in the ground and said true digital transformation is the rewiring of business models, people and processes that may be successful in the third industrial revolution. To be successful in the fourth industrial revolution. Now, having said that, I'm, I'm realistic. I, I understand that people have different definitions. And so I have come up with a five stage framework whereby stage one, uh, which is what I call foundation, is automation. And sometimes people confuse that with digital transformation. So, you know, if you're implementing a new email system or a you know, new order management system, uh, or Or even in you know, a video conferencing system, you call that digital transformation, but you know really it is automation of a certain work process right? um, stage two digital transformation is um, you know what I call siloed, which is in a large company or in any company or a government of a country, you have obviously the early adopters that start to completely change their business model or technology, but it 's always siloed uh, third is partially synchronized where maybe the company or the country says, we have to go digital. So they start up with a corporate level strategy, but you know, still they haven't finished the journey. This is an example of where General Electric, GE was under Jeff Emelt, where if you remember several years ago, they said, we want to be a data company. So there was a corporate strategy, but they didn't completely execute it. So I call it partially synchronized or stage three. Stage four is fully synchronized where you actually convert the whole business model uh, into, you know, the new world fourth industrial revolution, but you're still missing one piece, which is you haven't really made the organization completely change their mindset, right? Hmm. And that's stage five, which is what I call living DNA, where you become like a Netflix or a Google. Netflix, as you know, reinvented itself disrupted itself uh three maybe four times in the last 20 years from you know mail and dvds to streaming content to uh, original programming to international business models so you know it takes a fair amount of discipline to say i know business is working well but i'm going to disrupt myself because if i don't then somebody else does it and you need people that are good enough to understand that that is rewarded and it's a good thing so So I provided this framework and a definition of digital transformation because I think that, you know, during times of industrial revolutions, um, normal innovation strategies are not enough because your industry could be disrupted by a parallel industry. So you have to be very deliberate in understanding that you have to disrupt yourself and therefore the new definition.
0: Wow, that's a very robust definition. Thank you, thank you for that. Hey everybody, hope you're enjoying this amazing episode. This is a quick announcement and we'll get right back to it. We are hiring at Super Data Science. With the recent pandemic and the coronavirus, we all know how a lot of people have lost their jobs and their source of income. So hopefully this will be a breath of fresh air for some people out there Uh, We are a 100% remote team, we all work online, we're continuing to grow and I've just literally just published 10 new positions at Super Data Science which might be suitable to you. And even if they're not suitable to you, check them out They're at superdatascience.com slash careers, check them out and send them to somebody you know who may have been displaced by this pandemic and all the lockdowns, who may have lost their job and source of income, you could change their life We are creating opportunities for people to do their best work, to contribute, to create amazing products and create amazing experiences for people studying data science. So here are some of the positions that have just been released. Uh, VP of Marketing, Product Designer, General Manager, VP of Sales, Junior Media Creator, Sales Representative, B2B Event Sales Representative, Event Marketer, B2B Sales Representative, and Marketing Strategist. And those are just some of the initial positions that we have available right now. More will come soon, so keep an eye out at superdatascience.com careers. Maybe we'll even post a data scientist position in the near future. But even if none of these are relevant to you specifically, if you know somebody who's in marketing or in sales or who's a great general manager, who's great at creating amazing products in education and learning experiences, or who's great at running events or somebody who is amazing at creating animated videos, if you know any of these people, any people with the right talents and skills, please send them this link, superdescience.com slash careers. This could change their life or career, especially in these difficult times. Thank you very much for your help and let's get right back to it. Um, just so that I, under- I make sure I'm on the same page, um, the... Four industrial revolutions. If I'm correct, me if I'm wrong. The way I'm I just developed my understanding by typing into Google. The first one was the industrial industrial revolution itself. Uh, second one was uh, adding electric power to create mass production. The third uh, was using electronics and information technology to automate production. And now we're in the fourth, which is building on the third through digital technology. Yes. Okay. Yes.
1: Th- thank you for clarifying. Yes, that's exactly right.
0: All right. And so your uh, description of the four or really five stages of uh, the process of uh, a company or a nation going through uh, digital transformation, um, could you give us an example, like a a walkthrough example, maybe of some some concrete example or case of a company taking on some digital technology, any digital technology, just so we can get a feel for uh, what how uh, how it looks when a company or a nation is in one of the each one of these five stages
1: sure absolutely um so um let me do that stage by stage um mm-hmm. um uh, or actually uh, let, let me change that a little bit let me give you concrete examples of companies and nation states um mm-hmm. that are undergoing this because i think that that might be more interesting so um You know, let's take the case of a a company, a a country, let's start with the country of uh, Estonia or or even Latvia, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Where they have decided to be a, um, uh, Estonia has decided to be a digital country, right? So every person has not just a digital identity, but they have changed the way you register uh, records, right? Um, So... You know, because your identity is known, if you say, hey, you know, my name is Tony, I'm calling in because I just moved from this apartment to another apartment, what you don't have to do anymore is avoid the form filling and, you know, can you give me your name again and, you know, what's your social security number and your bank account number? Because all of that has been digitized by the government. And so, you know, the 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 amount of efficiency that not just – you know, other companies, so if you're an internet provider, you know, you know exactly where to get the information, or even citizens, because you don't have to keep repeating that same stuff or, you know, deal with bureaucracy, is incredible, right? Um, and that's a great example of when an entire country says, you know, we are going to become a, a, a very, very proficient in the fourth industrial revolution, right? Mm-hmm. Um and what it takes is um not just um you know implementing digital technology so it's it's it's, it's fascinating i've had the opportunity to study estonia um you know when uh, estonia was I, I guess they gained their freedom uh, from the ussr um they didn't have too many other resources so they decided okay you know let's let's kind of bank on our knowledge right and so they started with the mindset of we have to become the best at digital technology. So what that means is not just the processes of registering births and deaths, but the training, the, the, the education of the people, uh, creating the laws for all of the companies to follow the same thing. Uh, and that's, that's a huge undertaking. You know, that's an example of um, how you basically rewire Processes and systems, and then also people, to succeed mm-hmm. in the new industrial revolution. Um, so, so that's an example of a country. Let me give you examples of companies. So, you know, let's let's take you know my my my, my previous company, Procter and Gamble, has been around for more than 180 years, and it has been around because it is um, it is very adaptive, right? So, as mm-hmm. as the world has gone through three other industrial revolutions, you know, this company has adapted. Um, But this time around, it is going to have to do three things to adapt. One is it is going to have to change um, uh, the product. So where you used to have um, dumb toothbrushes, right? Now you have smart toothbrushes. So even as you're brushing the teeth, um, there is an app that tells you, oh, did you know that you missed that particular spot <laughs> if you want it, right? Wow. <laughs> yes. Um, or, um, you know, these toothbrushes are going to get smarter and smarter because they're going to actually also be able to measure the condition, the health of your teeth and mm. say, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, you're going to have to go check uh, up with the dentist, right? So that's an example of smart products right and you see that smart cars you see you know but i I just want to give you a mundane example of toothbrushes right so even smart toothbrushes right Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's one thing you change your products the second thing you change is your go-to model or the business model and 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 that one you know which is where you used to sell in large stores retail now you sell differently you sell you know through amazon and other stuff right so that's the second way you have to change which is you have to create new business models. And the third is actually internal operations, right? So this is where, this is what most people are familiar with, which is you use IT technology to digitize stuff. So, you know, where you used to essentially have an army of people, uh, you know, processing forms of orders. Now you basically have artificial intelligence robots that have the ability to not just take down your order, but to also make decisions like you know this order uh, is not going to get fulfilled because our manufacturing is 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 not keeping up, and so you know let's offer another SKU, another product, right? Uh, and that's really you know a combination of you know data and analytics and you know new technologies like blockchain all coming together to change processes in the company, but all three of them together, smart products, new business models, and incredibly new models of efficient business operations. That's what Mm -hmm. happens when you transform.
0: Wow, thank you, thank you very much. I had the impression it was only to do with internal operations, but as, as you described, it's product, business model, internal operations. What I'm curious about is, Uh, So according to your definition, a company can change all those three things, like not overnight, maybe over the course of a month or so, develop smart products, change their business model, uh, enhance their internal operations, but they can still be sitting at uh, the stage one of the automation, of the digital transformation um, definition that you provided, simply because They've, they've done all those things, but they still don't have the early adopters jumping on board. So those are kind of separate process things, what you do, and actually the flow and effect of what happens inside the organization. Am I understanding this right?
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, so uh, in reality, stage one is, is more about automation, which is you're changing technologies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I can give you an example. You know, most companies have expense reports, right? Uh, So you travel, you spend money on your corporate card, you come back home, you create a travel expense report, you know, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Now, um, that is third industrial revolution work process in today's world. And you know this because you're a master in data science. Um, There's absolutely no reason why you should still force your employees to go create expense reports because... Mm -hmm. You know, you could manage this differently as Google and Adobe and others do, which is you have a corporate credit card. You have all of the transactions of the employees that you can get from Amex or whatever it is, right? Uh, And um, you can use AI and and, and all of the data connectivity to essentially draft an expense report for the employee, right? Mm -hmm. But best of all, as Google does... You know, instead of managing by transaction, you can manage by objective. So, you know, if Kirill is going to go from, you know, uh, Sydney, Australia to to Heathrow, you basically say, you know, Kirill, for your particular trip, your budget based on our data of historical travel in our company is 10,000 Australian dollars. Now, you are now free. You don't have to use the corporate uh, travel agency to book your ticket. You can book on Google, you know. you're managing by dollars. And and I tried that at Procter & Gamble, and we proved that if you manage by budgets rather than by transactions, people make the right decisions and they will underspend their budgets by 15 mm. to 35%. And then wow. you could say you can give the, the remaining difference to your favorite charity, or you know, you can gain share it with the employee, or you know, so on and so forth, right? That's an example of real transformation, not just automating. Your expense mm-hmm. report, but completely reimagining the purpose of expense reports, right? Mm. So, so the difference between stage one and stage two, three, and four is you start to reimagine, right? Mm-hmm. Stage two is you reimagine in silos. Stage three is you re- reimagine, you know, uh, across the company. But you're not completely done yet. Stage four is you are done, but you haven't really changed the mindset of the people to be self disruptive. And that's what stage five is.
0: Oh, awesome. Just one more question I still have on digital transformation. Does digital transformation, based on your definition, relate to, uh, let's say, one project, one part of a company? For example, expense reports are undergoing digital transformation at our company, and they're gone through five stages. Or is it a definition that relates to the whole company, that if we're going through digital transformation, then everything we do should go through the digital transformation?
1: Yeah, so real digital transformation, true digital transformation has to be company-wide or country-wide, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's what it takes for uh, entities, government or private equity, or private company to, uh, uh, to survive and thrive in an industrial revolution, right? Mm-hmm. Now, of course, execution then becomes very specific. So within the company, then you have to take a work process like, you know, travel and expense report, and then you have to change it completely, right? And all of the people that go along with it, changing their mindsets and, you know, all of the adoption, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So so that's more a consequence.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Thank you very much. Um, well, with that kind of laid out, that foundation, uh, I'm, very, I'm very excited about, I learned something really cool today. Uh, can you tell us, uh, the title of your book you know that's most digital why digital transformations fail, and as you mentioned, seventy percent of them fail. Uh, why does that happen? What has your investigation concluded
1: um so it's, it, it it's actually for two reasons um, uh, and and I use the analogy, um if you will humor me of uh, Alice in Wonderland to to <laughs> to make this point. Uh, so uh, I'm sure you remember the specific part of Alice in Wonderland where Alice is, uh, you know, out there and and and, and asks the Cheshire Cat, you know, which way should I go? And the Cheshire Cat says, so "It depends on where you want to go." He says, "I don't care uh, where I go." And then the Cheshire Cat says, well, "In that case, it doesn't matter which way you go." Right? So, <laughs> um, so um, that is. Uh, essentially, a good framework for um, you know, in a, in a funny way, thinking about what happens in most companies around digital transformation and why they fail. Um, so, the first uh, part of why they fail is clarity in goal setting, right? So, the Alice in Wonderland story, which is if you are um, if you own a company and if you're not clear that Real digital transformation is all the things you need to do to survive and thrive in the fourth industrial revolution. So your stock price or you know your, your continued business uh, viability depends on it. Then you set a certain set of goals. However, if you get taken in by the sales pitch of a technology vendor who says blockchain is the new big thing or AI is the new big thing, then you set different goals and then you know you fail because you're going after something tactical. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's the first reason, right? It's very simple, definition and understanding of what digital transformation is. The second reason why digital transformations fail is execution. So um, most companies uh, use the wrong execution uh, methodology. They use project execution methodology. Right. Mm-hmm. Typical IT PMI certified project management, which is I'm going to implement a, a completely new model of, um, you know, let's say, travel and expense report. So strong project management, all that kind of stuff. However, it ignores two things. One is it ignores change management. Real digital transformation mm-hmm. is 90% organization change and 10% technology change. Wow. Right? So it ignores that methodology. And the second thing it ignores is that when you're doing disruptive innovation, um, you have to follow a venture capitalist-like approach of, "I'm going to try 10 different ideas, and nine of them may fail, but one of them that's successful is going to be a billion-dollar idea, right? Mm-hmm. And normal PMI project management doesn't allow for that type of failure, right? If it fails, it fails. But VC portfolio approaches, they allow for that. So that methodology has also got to be woven in. So just to kind of summarize, goal setting, understanding what real digital transformation is, and execution, which is not just executing the project, but then the portfolio approach and the change management approach put together, Mm -hmm. uh, Uh that's that's important,
0: Okay. Very interesting. Thank you. So uh, clarity and goal setting, execution. Typical project management doesn't cut it. It ignores change management um, and ignores VC portfolio approaches. Could you please tell me a bit more about this VC portfolio approaches? How do you see companies, especially established enterprises with thousands of employees who have been around for decades, how do you see them uh, adopting this VC methodology uh, in terms of digital transformation? I, don't, I just can't quite picture. Do they do like 10 digital transformations parallel and they pick the best one? Or like, what exactly does this mean to adopt this mentality?
1: Yes, yes. Um, so, um, you know, uh, a lot of this methodology is out there and, and I shamelessly stole and learned from some of the <laughs> best out there. Uh, but the example which most people are familiar with uh, that I can give you is Google, right? Alphabet now. Um so um, uh, Google or Alphabet has three parts of their strategy. They call it 70-20-10, right? Mm-hmm. So 70% of their capacity is focused on day-to-day running, 20% is on continuous improvement, and 10% on disrupt yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And Google X, which you're familiar with, you know, the organization that does driverless cars, balloon internet, is a good example of that 10X VC portfolio approach, right? So. The people that do the seventy percent, they're running Gmail. You know, you don't want them to experiment with crazy technology. You want them mm-hmm. to just continue to run it with perfection, and use continuous improvement to improve it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then you also have mechanisms of Google X, or you know, these are called disruptive innovation or edge organizations that, you know, that are sorting through all kinds of new ideas. Google X you know, has looked into teleportation as a way of uh, traveling people or space elevators, right? You know, actual create a physical elevator that goes to space instead of rockets. Um, And they have to look at all of those crazy ideas because, you know, if you do high risk stuff and you do it well, then, you know, one out of 10 will have a high return and then you Mm -hmm. create a driverless car. right? Mm -hmm. So you don't need your entire organization to have 10 digital disruption projects, you need a specific organization that's focused on sorting through all of these ideas and testing and learning and being very disciplined with the financial success criteria to very quickly kill the unviable projects and then to promote the ones that become viable, like the driverless car. Mm. Uh, So that's how you do it.
0: So that's like an internal um, created environment Kind of like a startup environment inside your organization that is not uh, subject to all the bureaucracy and red tape that usually they would be and uh, just let them try stuff, experiment.
1: You got it, exactly. That's absolutely true. You also mentioned something very important which is that organization cannot be subject to the usual bureaucracy because, you know, if Google X were trying to create a driverless car and the IT organization of Google said, oh, wait a minute. No, you know, you have to follow information security guidelines and the standard technology of only Microsoft to do this. I mean, you know, they would never do it, right? So, yeah. so you have to give those guys freedom to go crazy.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, um, yeah, it's a, it's a whole different mentality. I was actually, I remember, I might be mistaken, but I remember reading that Gmail actually came out of Google X. It was one of the products they were experimenting with.
1: That, that is and actually now, now the
0: whole world uses Gmail, right?
1: Yes, that, that is exactly true. Um, yes, I mean, it's, it, um, uh, so in, in Google, they, they also have this mechanism of, you know, everybody gets 20% time to, to innovation, even if you're doing, you know, operations of data center, uh, you're given some ex- time as part of your employment contract to experiment with stuff. And mm-hmm. um, apparently some people started experimenting with better ways of uh, emailing and Gmail became an internal tool for them. And then eventually they recognized that, Hey, you know, we have a product that we could market externally mm-hmm. and yeah. then you've got Gmail. Uh, so mm-hmm. absolutely. You know, this is, um, These types of innovation, I mean, Alphabet or Google is just one example. I mean, I think um, there are so many companies all over the world uh, that do this. Uh, Virgin, the Virgin Group, is a great example of a a, a company that um, fosters entrepreneurship. So just like entrepreneurship, you know, getting that mindset of innovation Mm -hmm. internally, entrepreneurship, they do a good job of that. And, and, you know, again, there are hundreds of companies that do that ex- extremely well.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I think you mentioned a very important thing that it's not just about innovating product. It might sound like uh, ele- space elevators, driverless cars, Gmail, and so on. They're like uh, companies innovating product. But as you uh, pointed out previously, uh, digital transformation Um, has three major components to it, changing your product, changing your business model, and changing internal operations. So as I understand uh, this uh, mentality, so what one of the solutions that you proposed in execution, which is this mentality of venture capitalist um, uh, portfolio approaches, that that can help not just with changing your product and, and applying digital transformation there, but it also can help with the business model and internal operations. And uh, that's how, for instance, Gmail started, as you pointed out. It started as an internal thing. Do you have any other examples, just to help like cement this point in of where this venture capitalist mentality can help or has helped organizations to undertake digital transformations in areas apart from product?
1: Oh, yeah. No, absolutely, certainly. Um, you know, there, there, there are... Um, uh, several examples I, I, I could uh, give you of internal processing. I mean, we talked a little bit about uh, travel and expenses, but you know, I'll give you another example um, that we worked on at Procter & Gamble. So um, you know that in supply chains, in manufacturing, transport, warehousing, that entire area, the world still uses a methodology called MRP2, right? Um,
0: I, I, I don't know, sorry.
1: Okay, so, yeah, so MRP2 or, or manufacturing resource planning or... Uh, you know, SAP and all of these companies—they oh, okay. they provide that software. It's all about you know digitizing, you know, the running of the factories, the running of the warehouses, the running of yeah, and and anticipating what the demand is. So forecasting how many, how many you know uh, items of toothbrushes uh, do you need to sell and manufacture. So all of that um, is is critical to any industry that's in the product business, right? However, what's fascinating is that that entire process was designed in the 1960s when IT technology uh, had computing capacity constraints. So, you could only run a demand forecast, and when that job was complete, then you could take that demand and translate that into manufacturing plans, and then, you know, take that output, and then do logistics plan, you know, so on and so forth, right? So, these were Uh, sequential siloed approaches. But today, technology has changed, uh, as you know, very well. Um, You know, um, uh, LinkedIn, um, Amazon, you know, others, they have almost unlimited computing power. So, you know, if you and I basically get connected on LinkedIn, there are algorithms that can recompute what information needs to go to each of our networks independently. And, you know, you have algorithms that rank, you know, where this news should show up and stuff like that. So they're replanning really the enterprise of LinkedIn in real time, whereas in the manufacturing world, large companies like SAP and others are still doing this in batch siloed operational processes. So that's a good example of, <clears throat> you know, if you're going to have to, live in the fourth industrial revolution, you're going to have to get much more real time. You're going to have to change the processes of how you optimize your operations you know, uh, much, much better. And that's a great example of, I think, how you're going to have to change how you operate internally.
0: Perfect. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, very, everything is very clear. Um, so after your... Um, Time with Procter and Gamble. Uh, Now you've started a consulting, uh, strategy consulting firm of your own called Transformant.io. And um, tell us, please, how do you help or like what have you noticed helping companies with digital transformations? Like, or I'm more curious, like what what do you do? You go into a company and they have these problems. Our digital transformation failed. Tony, please help us out. Like, what are your first steps? How does somebody? think about that? Because I think this can be um, very valuable for people trying, to, very valuable for people to avoid the mistakes others have made.
1: Yes. Um, so um, I, I should mention one thing first, which is, yeah, the book is called Why Digital Transformations Fail, but the the, the, the book is actually not about um, forensics on why things fail. It's actually more of a checklist, almost like an air- Airplane, air pilot checklist on how to be successful. Um, So, um, so what I do at Transformant is I help companies create successful digital transformation strategies. So, more often than not, you know, when uh, I get contacted, um, somebody is trying to. Uh, create a digital transformation strategy, right? It Mm. could be a new CEO or or a board of directors or, you know, a a new CIO. And and, and they understand that the business has got to change in the fourth industrial revolution. And they're trying to essentially translate that into, so what do I do? I mean, you know, by now, everybody knows that digital is disrupting everything. And so they have to do something. But the question always is, what's the first step I can take? The second Mm. step, the third step. So what I go in and, and do is, first of all, um, link that into business goals and outcomes. So what I call the Wall Street metrics, which is, you know, what is your business strategy? What do you want to do? What is, are you in the business of doing? And then I help them create strategies on, okay, so in order to do that, this is how you're going to have to use digital. So don't just rely on creating new digital processes, like I'm gonna automate everything using SAP, but you know, have you thought about smart products? Have you thought about completely new business models of selling? And then don't just rely on technologies for internal processes, change the way, uh, question why these processes should be run the way they are, right? And so that's what I, uh, the assessment and then the creation of the strategy. And then of course the implementation, because as I talked earlier, most of the failures happen because of execution. Mm-hmm. And so I also provide them a roadmap and, and, and also hand-holding in execution. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, fantastic, thank you. And wh- what would you say for an, a CIO, a CEO, maybe somebody on a board of directors sitting, listening to this and they know that their company needs to go through a digital transformation, they're gearing up for one. What would you say is your like one or maybe two top tips that you can give right now something that you've advised uh, dozens of CEOs maybe on that has helped in most cases something like a a very fast easy tip that will be very useful to these people
1: Sure um the 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 most important one is understand digital transformation is not about technology it is actually about Um, uh, business outcomes and people outcomes, right? So um, don't fall for, you know, technology sales pitches. Understand that this is about business strategy, which means that you cannot over-delegate this to technical people. You have to own this as a business leader. You have to set the strategy. You have to set the execution. You have to have skin in the game, right? So that's probably the the number one tip I would give them, which is don't create a digital transformation plan. Create or update your business strategy using digital technology. How are you going to do your business differently? Wow! And that's just that's, not a nuance. That's, that's actually a pretty big uh, paradigm shift for most people.
0: That's, that's very deep. Like uh, I, I'm realizing that now that don't create, it should be a quote, don't create a digital transformation plan update your business strategy and how you're going to use digital technology in it. Let's talk a bit more about change management. Uh, As you mentioned, it's um, 90% change management, 10% technology change. Um, what, What does that mean? What are the most common roadblocks with change management that you encounter with the companies that you assist?
1: Um, the, the, the most important roadblocks is that <clears throat> the, um, there are three things that um, companies have self-imposed constraints that get in the way of successful digital transformation. One is their current reward systems. Most companies reward their employees for stable running of operations and incremental change, improvement, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. for disruption. Mm-hmm. Um, so that has to change. Um, the second thing is um, people, capabilities, and skills. You cannot have one small team decide what's going to change in the whole company. Everybody has got to be upgraded in terms of their ability mm-hmm. to understand digital and, and digital capability. You've seen this in the context of the current pandemic. suddenly um, everybody has taught themselves, whether you are a grandmother or a five-year-old, to use Zoom to do video conferencing, right? Um, and, and and that's a people education capability that you know you have to upgrade. Yeah. Um, the third thing that has to change is you know obviously um, the 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 actual uh, strategy of the company. So uh, if you have to say I'm no longer in the horse carriage business, I'm more in the transformation a uh, transportation business then your entire business strategy itself has to change. So unless these three things happen, what is going to happen is that you're going to have smart innovation people that come in with an idea who say, hey, you know, I have got this mechanical horse that can, you know, eliminate horses. And you say, oh, no, you know, I have a whole bunch of people, you know, a a factory that creates carriages. You know, how are they going to use this steam engine? It just doesn't work, right? Mm -hmm. And so you have to reimagine. That's why I love the... The analogy of the industrial revolution—you have to, you really have to reimagine the people, the strategy, uh, as well as the reward systems in the company.
0: Mm-hmm. How how significant is the psychological aspect of change? Uh, I, I can see how a CEO or CIO can put rewards, people education capabilities, and business strategy in place. However, People are generally resistant to change. Have you ever seen companies or digital transformations change simply because they couldn't get people on board because of like values or because they weren't explaining it
1: properly? Yes. Now, al- almost always, when there is a failure, uh, it is because of what you just said. Um, and and I think um, the so um, you know let me reiterate: it is a very real issue. This issue of you know, whether you call it immune systems response or, you know, fighting change, it is very, very real. Okay. Um, now, the first thing that a leader has to do is they have to figure out how they, how they are going to bring the army of people along with them, right? Mm-hmm. Because you can't just blame your organization saying, you know, you guys are a bunch of resistance people you know you never listen to what I say right Uh, that's not true people psychology they all want to do the right thing right they are looking for signals from their leaders on what is going to get rewarded right so you know don't get me wrong it is really important to have stability of operations in the company you know companies like P&G have existed, you know, for almost 200 years because we are able to almost guarantee stability. Stability in terms of, you know, Wall Street returns, stability of employment, all that kind of stuff. So you cannot just say, okay, everything's up for grabs suddenly, right? So it is your job as a leader to understand, you know, what kind of reward systems are you giving people when you say run that, you know, um, uh, travel and expense process very, very stably, but then at the same time disrupt it. Mm -hmm. That's very confusing to people. So then you have to come up with these frameworks like 70-20-10 or, you know, things like that that say, okay, you, your job is going to be doing this, but then when this other organization comes up with a disruptive idea, your job is to bring that and to change it, and you will get rewarded for that, right? So it is these very, very specific types of tactics that are necessary. So in general, um, it's very easy when you have a burning platform issue like this pandemic, you know, we cannot travel anymore. Zoom is necessary. Everybody adopts it, right? There's no change management issue, right? Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if this was like normal world, you know, we were doing great. Uh, companies are doing extremely well. They're very successful. They have a lot of money. And then you come in and say, everybody use you know, video conferencing technology. You, you have a change management issue um uh, so it is your job as a leader to figure out how to create that same crisis like en- you know energy in your organization when times are good and that's that's what uh, change management is about
0: wow sounds very complex sounds uh, it is surprising. obviously
1: a hard topic yes yeah
0: yeah yeah absolutely um okay i have an interesting uh, question several times by the way i loved your uh How you called it, the immune system response. I think that's beautiful. I'm going to keep that quote for for later use. Um, Question. You mentioned disruption, and we've heard disruption uh, many times, or we hear it more and more and more often. And um, I absolutely agree that disruption should is better if disruption comes from within the organization than without, because if it comes from externally, then you might be out of business. So it's important to disrupt yourself. What's the difference between disruption and digital transformation? Yeah.
1: Um, so it's very simple. It's cause and effect, right? Disruption is um, basically the negative impact of um, digital technology, you know, in this particular case. Previously, it was steam engine technology or mechanical or electricity technology. In this case, it is digital technology uh, on your current business operations, business models, and your you know, learning capabilities, right? Um, Digital transformation is what you do uh, to essentially change yourself in the face of that disruption. So it is cause and uh, your response, right, uh, to that. So digital transformation is, you are gonna change your products or your people or your business models as a result of that transformation. So if you were in the retail industry, and you see a lot of retailers failing because of digital technology. That's digital disruption. But when you have a retailer say, I am therefore now going to come up with completely new business models where, you know, I have a physical store, but you can order online and I will come to the parking lot and put the products in your car. Uh, mm-hmm. That's transformation to to fight the disruption. Mm-hmm.
0: Fantastic. I understand. It's all coming together in my mind. So uh, an organization creates uh, internal entrepreneurs and internal environment to experiment. That results in different projects. Many of them fail. One or so succeed. That causes disruption. And that's, that's kind of like the kickstart to your four or really five stages of digital transformation. So once a disruption happens, whether internally or externally, you need to pick up on it and then go through automation, the silos, partially synchronized, fully synchronized, and living DNA. So the disruption is like the spark in the
1: engine. That's a great summary, Kirill.
0: Thank you. (laughs) Have a great teacher today. (laughs) That's absolutely
1: right, yes, that's true.
0: Thank you, Tony. Um, Tony, that, uh, that slowly brings us to the end of our podcast. Where It's been a fantastic conversation. I wanted to to wrap up. I would like to get your perspective on the future. With so much experience, with your uh, background and in leading uh, in Procter Gamble and uh, all the digital transformations, and also with uh, the work that you're doing with uh, Transformant.io right now. What do you think the future looks like in the next, let's say, five or maybe even 10 years? Can you make any predictions? How how will the future of this fourth industrial revolution, what will it take us to?
1: Yes. Um, so um, first and foremost, and, and, and I think most urgently, um, you know, the nature of industrial revolutions is that they are irreversible. So we're in the midst of an industrial revolution. It will continue, right? Uh, so what it's going to mean is that um you know more and more companies are going to rely on digital transformation as a way for them to be more productive and to survive the industrial revolution um and and you know whether it, by the way it's not just companies as i said governments as well and you know even individuals in our in terms of our learning right we're going to get much more uh digitally literate as as it's called right so So that is only, I mean, every industry, every industry today is under the threat of digital disruption, and that will continue. However, secondly, and most urgently and importantly, what COVID-19 has done is that it has essentially accelerated that journey, right? So there are many companies that were already uh, shaky, Uh, in their foundation. Um, And now those companies suddenly find that they are going out of business, right? Either because uh, they were too reliant on physical models, not digital models. And now that people can't operate the same way, they're starting to break apart, right? So when Satya Nadella, the, the, the CEO of Microsoft, said, many of my clients have seen two years of digital transformation done in two months. That's absolutely true. Uh, So you're going to actually see the acceleration of digital transformation. You're going to see companies that were structurally weak uh, start to fail faster than they thought they would as a result of the pandemic. Um, You're going to see much less money available for CIOs to do this transformation because companies have less money. So they're going to have to get more creative with the money that they have to do faster digital transformation with less money. but um again you know that's the nature of change management stuff happens around you you know you 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 use creativity and common sense uh to do things better faster cheaper so we're going to see that in the next you know I would say 2 to 3 years of course and then by 5 years you know you would have seen some pretty dramatic changes in the landscape of entire industries the financial industry you know, obviously, banking, you know, media has already been transformed in a dramatic way. Uh, you're going to see many more industries undergo that.
0: Wow. Thank you very much, Tony, for that short-term, long-term, or mid-term, long-term outlook. Very interesting, and especially how the current situation is impacting it. Um, on that note, Tony, thank you so much for coming. Uh, before I let you go, I'd love to ask you, where can our... Listeners get in touch with you, follow you, ask any questions. What, what are some of the best places to find you on, online?
1: Sure. Thank you. So uh, the website is transformant.io uh, or um, you can also uh, type in uh, www.tonysaldana.com and uh, that'll take you to the same link. Um, the book is called Why Digital Transformations Fail it's available online on Amazon and every other retailer in the world Um, so that's also a good lead but um, you know uh, please um, continue to use the change that we see around us as an opportunity uh, because every change is an issue but every change is also a positive opportunity and it's up to us to grab a hold of that opportunity
0: Fantastic, thank you so much Tony it's been a pleasure having you on the show
1: Oh, my pleasure entirely, Kirill. Thank you.
0: So there you have it, everybody. Hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did. For me, the best moment was er when everything clicked in my mind, from disruption to the four stages, or actually five stages of digital transformation in this definition, to the elements of a company or a nation state that are involved in digital transformation. When it all came together, this whole picture of what Tony um, discusses with his clients and brings to the table with companies that he works with, it made a lot of sense in my mind and I am extremely grateful for that. I have a much better understanding of what digital transformation is and what companies and and nations go through when this happens. And it's very relevant because right now, as Tony mentioned, uh, companies have seen two years' worth of digital transformation in two months because of the situation with COVID-19. So there you go. I hope you got some amazing insights from this podcast. As usual, you can find all the show notes uh, at superdascience.com slash 381. That's superdascience.com slash 381. There you will find all the materials mentioned or links to these materials and a link to Tony's LinkedIn. Make sure to connect as well as Tony's website in case you're interested in contacting him for some advice for your company. And finally, if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to send it to somebody who you think will benefit from learning about digital transformation. Very easy to share this episode, supernatascience.com 381. Just send them that link and they'll have access to uh, everything, to all the insights that Tony shared today. So there we go. Hope you enjoyed this episode and I look forward to seeing you back here next time. Until then. Happy analyzing!